Welcome to Christ, Culture, and Cinema with the doctor, Jeffrey Skopak, and his trusted assistant, Michael Pop, as they explore the intersection of faith, movies, and our contemporary context. Welcome back to Christ, Culture, and Cinema. And how are you doing today, Michael? Getting cold. It's getting cold out. I don't like it. Not well, I live in the mountains, so I have a very different definition of cold. We've had frost on the yard and on the car windows. I thank the good Lord for a remote starter on my car in the morning. And heated seats. And here's the big one. Heated steering wheel never thought i'd be using it but i use it it's good stuff it's real good stuff gloves on. do you need a heated steering wheel if you got gloves on no i don't have gloves on why would you wear gloves that no. would make sense no well no, this we, tells uh, us we did, uh, we did thanksgiving up in minnesota yeah for some reason we brought cold weather from florida i don't know how that worked but all of a sudden they were they were pretty decent and it got cold and we come back to florida and it's cold mm -hmm. for sure well, all of this cold air and Thanksgiving being in our rearview mirror tells us that we here at Christ Culture and Cinema are now into our Christmas season of movies. I, I know the liturgical calendar tells us it's Advent. I don't know of any Advent movies. So we do Christmas movies at this time of year. We never ask the question, is this an Advent movie? We ask, is this a Christmas movie? Right. And that's not today. That's not today. We save that for the third week of the month of December. But today, we are doing a movie that really caught everybody a little off guard when it came out. The movie is Violent Night, released on December 2nd of 2022 as a Christmas extravaganza. Now, the budget for this movie was all of $20 million. Didn't cost that much to make by today's movie standards. And it had a very nice little box office return of $76.6 million. Not bad for a very peculiar branded Christmas movie, wouldn't you say, Michael? I would say so. It was uh, very good. Mm -hmm. interesting movie definitely not one that we uh would normally sit down and watch as a family or anything but good movie yeah. well we directed directed by tommy Ricola, who's really known for hansel and gretel witch hunters the old jeremy renner movie who's a big deal now um also did dead snow and a sequel to dead snow uh and the one i really kind of caught my attention i'd like to see this just for the sake of it Kurt Joseph Woggle and the Legend of the Fjord Witch. I mean, that title right there, it's got me, it's got me captivated. I got to see it. I don't know where I'm going to find it. I got to watch it. <laughs> I, was, I was going with Hansel and Gretel, the Witch Hunters. Well, I've seen that. It's good. I haven't seen Oh, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it. Hansel and Gretel, you know, they go totally, they go totally diehard uh, in that movie. It's, it's good. It's good stuff. I'm telling you. <laughs> Good, good little uh good little children's story oh yeah with with a, with a violent twist just like violent night so let's talk about the characters in this movie and, and i love 
I mean, there's a lot of them. We're going to try to limit the list. It was hard for me to do so to just go through the, um, the, the big ones. But let's start with playing Santa Claus is David Harbour. And we know David Harbour these days from the Netflix sensation Stranger Things. But he was also, back in the day, Hellboy. Uh, he's in Black Widow. Suicide Squad, Gran Turismo, and this one that I watched back during October leading up to Halloween, which I thought was a good movie, We Have a Ghost. If you haven't seen that one, check that one out. He is really good in that movie, and he's the ghost, by the way. So I, I love David Harbour. Uh, now, playing uh, the matriarch of the ridiculously wealthy family... Is that, you you missed you missed one of your favorites for uh, for uh, the our, our lead. Oh, he was in the Green Hornet. Oh God, you had to bring that up. <laughs> you know, I, I glossed you over know how much it. You love that movie. I glossed over. It's not terrible, but it's it's not good. It's just not good. Now, let's move on. Playing Gertrude Lightstone, who is the super wealthy family that. They're just bad people. They're not good people. Uh, Gertrude is played by Beverly D'Angelo. And let me tell you, she's in one of the key movies of Christ culture and cinema when it comes to Christmas time. She is National Lampoon's vacation. She's the mom in all those vacation movies. And of course, Christmas vacation. Uh, she's made a really nice career for herself. In, in the small screen, she's always on Law and Order, Entourage. She was in Cougar Town. Uh, over 129 television credits. That's crazy. But a movie, again, I keep threatening that we're going to do this movie. She was in The House Bunny. Yes, she do. I keep bringing that one up because it's actually a pretty good movie, The House Bunny. Now... Let's t let's talk about her her children and their families. First is the son Jason, played by Alex uh, Hassel, and you know we don't know him for much here in the United States as Suburbicon and the Boys, uh, but he's really a Shakespearean actor and is part of the Royal Shakespeare Company in England, and noted for his role in the Tragedy of Macbeth. So that's pretty incredible, if you stop and think about it. You get this Shakespearean actor in a in a very peculiar Christmas movie. I don't know how they wrangled him into doing this, but I thought he was really good in the movie. You know, he's the he's the suck up son, always trying to get the money from the mom and the power from the mom, but mom controls all the strings. Now his estranged wife, Linda is played by Alexis Louder. And I thought this was interesting. Outside of Chicago PD, a couple of episodes of that, and a, um, you know, basically a background character in Black Panther, I didn't know much that she was in. I mean, I've never heard of Cop Shop, The Changeling, and Weathering. I mean, have you heard of any of those? No. No. Yeah, she's... And, you know, we obviously are MCU people, so, uh, but I don't, I didn't really remember her. No, no. She, was, she, was a, she was really just a background actress 
in the you know background character in that movie. Now playing the child, the little child is Trudy, and Trudy is played by Leah Brady. Now Trudy, her her given name is Gertrude because the son named her after the mother uh, to score points, but the little girl goes by Trudy. Um, she's uh, in Relax. I'm from the future, the Umbrella Academy, the Love Club, but she's brand new. This is that's about the extent of her entire uh, film career thus far. Uh, not a whole lot, to be sure. Now, let's jump over to the daughter and uh, her husband and family. Uh, so her husband is Morgan, played by Cam Gigandet. And I was surprised. Uh, I've known him in several things. He's been in The Magnificent Seven, Never Bark Down, uh, The Roommate Priest, The Last Shootout. But here's the biggie. He was in Twilight. He was one of the, I believe, vampires in the movie Twilight. So that's a, it's a fairly robust career, to say the least. Wouldn't you agree, Michael? Oh, yeah. You know, I love that, uh, that whole series. Yeah, I know. That's right up your alley. Now, playing his wife, the daughter of Gertrude, is uh, Alva, played by Edie Patterson. And she's uh, in one of our uh, best podcasts, uh, Knives Out. She Is was in the movie, um, great movie. Uh, she's also a voice in the Harley Quinn animated series, The Righteous Gemstones, Vice Principal, uh, The Last OG, very popular show. And I love this. She's in Jesus People, the movie. And I don't recall that, but it was big enough that they took a short and turned it into a movie. Right. So I don't, I don't know if you remember that. I don't, but... Now, playing their son, Bert, and I love this, they, he's older than Trudy. When he was born, the daughter named him Bertrude to honor the grandmother Gertrude. Did you catch that? I did. I did. Like, that, whole, that whole thing about sucking up to the mom was pretty funny. I thought it was brilliant. Brilliantly done. And he's act, uh, that character, Bert, is played by Alexander Elliott. Uh, he's in Lock and Key, Being Brave. The Hardy Boys television series, uh, and I love this one, Trapped, the Alex Cooper story. Not Alice, but Alex Cooper story. So yeah, he, uh, I know he's not that old, but he still didn't start acting until 2018, so this was not a basic child actor. No, 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 no. He's not one who grew up in the business, so to speak. He's a little older, to be sure. Now, I'm just going to highlight four of the bad guys. And what's really well done in this movie is each bad guy has a Christmas-themed name. Uh, so the chief bad guy is Scrooge, played by John Leguizamo. And he may be the most accomplished actor in this movie uh, when it comes to big screen stuff. You know, he was in his most noted for Moulin Rouge, Spawn. Romeo and Juliet, Summer of Sam, my favorite, Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar. That's a great movie. Oh and it's so old now, you know. He's in one of our movies. Well, don't forget, he's in one of our movies, Encanto. Oh, yeah. Which did very well for us. He is a voice in The Mandalorian. Uh, he, he's in Waco and Waco The Aftermath. He's in all the Ice Age movies as a voice actor, and he's in John Wick, the original. 
Right, he's a bad guy in there. I forgot about yeah, that. he's really kind of found a little niche now playing the bad guy. But I love the fact that his character's name is Scrooge. So you have Santa Claus and Scrooge in the same movie. Now his right-hand yeah. enforcer... Well, look at this one. His right-hand enforcer is can is a candy cane played by Mitra Suri. Now she's known for most notably and recently Shazam, but she's mostly known for her stunt work. She's really a stunt woman. She was a stunt woman in uh, Superman and Lois, Arrow, Van Helsing, another good movie, by the way. Uh, the television show Turner and Hoot. She's a stunt woman in that. She has all these stunt credits where she's standing in for the actual actor doing the the major stuff. So she's pretty incredible, and she's very icy in the movie. I thought she was well cast to be the kind of the right-hand man, the Scrooge, you know? Uh, my favorite name in the movie, uh, another villain, Krampus. Now, Krampus, we'll get to that in a second, is played by Brandon Fletcher. Uh, he's been in Tideland, uh, the most recent Fargo, he was in Arrow, uh, Leprechaun, The Origins, but his biggest movie, by a long way, he was with Leo DiCaprio in The Revenant. That's yeah. a big deal. And he was a big, he had a big part in that movie. So I'm really impressed with, uh, with Brendan in that. But his character's name is Krampus. And in German folklore, I don't know if you know this or not, Santa Claus, Santa Claus, comes to all the good little boys and girls and brings them gifts. Krampus, who looks like a horned devil, comes to all the bad children and gathers them up and takes them away. I love it. Krampus. And then finally, the last one I'm just going to mention is uh, playing Gingerbread, another one of the bad guys. And he's like the brains of the, uh, uh, the, the brain for Scrooge, Andre Erickson. And this I find fascinating. He's in The Christmas King in Full Armor. He was in the History Channel show Vikings. Uh, he's in another show called Viking Lane. And then he's also in Dragonheart, The Battle for Heartfire. So here's a guy that I think he knew Tommy Workola, the director, uh, through these Viking flicks. There seems to be some kind of connection there, to be sure. Uh, so yeah, now yes. having, having said, and his last name is Erickson. So that's yeah. clearly a Nordic name to be sure. Now there's other bad guys in this movie. Lots and lots. Um, there, there's a kill squad. Don't forget the kill squad. So we're going, what is violent night really all about? Well, I love how the movie opens up. You have Santa Claus sitting in a bar in England, drinking a beer uh, lamenting how the world has gone sideways, that the naughty list is growing, the good list is shrinking, children want cash and video games, they can't be bothered, they open, I love his line when he says, they open up one present and are already on to the next without even enjoying the first one, you know? And his other Santa Claus at the bar, basically like a mall Santa Claus, you know, says nobody should be down on Christmas. And he says, I'll pay his tab for him. And then Santa Claus goes up to the roof and they're like, no, that's not the door out. She goes upstairs, the barkeep. I love this seat. It's just brilliant. And there goes Santa in his sleigh taking off. And she's looking up. It's the wonder. It's Santa Claus. 
and Santa Claus is drunk and he leans over the sled and he barfs and all the butter flans on the barkeep. So you already know, buckle your seatbelt. You're in for something special here. Yeah. They don't they don't mix any words about it. It is not necessarily a children's movie. No, not at all. Now, having said that, Santa ends up at the um the Lightstone house to deliver presents because Trudy is a good little girl. She's gonna get presents. But this is now the dysfunctional family Christmas. Uh these are people who are really terrible people. Uh and into the midst of this is the sweet little girl, you know? Um, so as he gets there, what no, unbeknownst to everybody, Gertrude has basically ripped off $300 million from the federal government that she is putting in her personal safe in her house. Meanwhile, her son has figured this out. So he's angling to steal the money from the mother. Meanwhile, there are bad guys, A.E. Scrooge in this movie and his whole clan who have figured this out, and they're now descending on the house. They're going to take them as hostages and steal the money. And into all of this arrives Jolly St. Nicholas, a.k.a. Santa Claus. It's the the perfect making for a Christmas movie. It it truly is. Family issues, it says Christmas at its best. Oh my God, it's got everything going on. Now, Santa gets there and he realizes these people are being held up and he's trying to get out. Small problem. The reindeer take off and leave him. Well, the bullet holes through the uh, roof probably uh, didn't help. Yeah, that they, they, they didn't the reindeer it. take off. And, and I love it, Santa's cursing at the dang reindeer. He's always cursing at the reindeer because they take off without him. And now Santa is caught in this moral and ethical dilemma. What to do? Well, when the bad guys are scouring the house to make sure they've got everybody, and of course they've killed all the staff that Gertrude uh, Lightstone had employed, she, they've knocked them all off, including the nice guy at the gatehouse out in front of the house. Everybody liked him, and they shoot him in the head. Now they're, they get into the room with Santa, and Santa takes one of them out. All of a sudden, go, wait a minute. Santa's a bad dude. Santa can defend himself. Santa can fight. He's a tough guy. He's a tough guy. And now Santa's like, now what do I do? Now, in some of these battles, he ends up lifting a radio off of one of the bad guys. And where got that idea from? Uh, hmm, well, we'll get to that in a moment. And the father of Trudy because he failed in taking his daughter to see Santa, who still believes in Santa, gives him a, gives her a walkie-talkie so she can talk directly to Santa. He may not answer, but she can talk to him. And lo and behold, Santa, when he changes the channels, here's the little girl. Santa, are you out there, Santa? And now she's talking to Santa Claus, and he's responding. At this point, let's pause. We have to talk about what this movie is, because it really gets even crazier as we unfold it. This, in my estimation, is a combination, and I just really hit this thought about this, four different Christmas movies rolled into one. First and foremost, it really does now remind me of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, a chaotic, kind of hateful family that doesn't want to be together, all kind of coming apart at the seams. So it reminds me of it. Number two, it reminds me of the Christmas classic Miracle on 34th Street, where the real Santa Claus shows up at Macy's. 
and has the real magic. Every time he does something Saint Nick-like, little, little golden sparkles fly. And that happens in this movie as well. It absolutely reminds me of the movie Die Hard. Because here we have the kind of, you know, the John, you know, the, the John in the building fighting off all the terrorists trying mm -hmm. to rescue his wife. Here we have Santa Claus doing likewise to save this family. And then finally, with Trudy, it reminds me of Home Alone. Because she gets free from the from these uh, people, these bad people trying to rob her family. And she's hiding out and she sets up booby traps and the like that they all fall into. But most particularly gingerbread and uh, candy cane. Uh, really some pretty nasty things. Nothing like Home Alone, let me tell you. You know, gingerbread, he dies. It's not, and it's not a pretty death. Yeah. You know, and that's really at the hands of Trudy. She's the one who does it. You know, the, the trap she sets. So. What did you see in this at this point as we digress? There's like four movies that I see in this one movie. Yeah, it's it's interesting. We could go with all four. I almost felt like a Thor thing going on. You mentioned the whole Nordic idea and the sledgehammer comes in. I, I notice our writers, uh, Pat Casey and Josh Miller, had a movie they wrote and directed called Sledgehammers at Dawn or, or wrote and produced. There you go. You know, there you go. So there's so much going on, um, but but again, how there's 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 killing movies, there's mm -hmm. certain war movies, right? And this is greed and, and war, but interesting way to bring Santa uh, because we haven't even got to Santa's previous life. Yeah, so as Santa's going through, you know, taking down these terrorists, we'll call them that, these bad guys. Uh, he has flashbacks initially, and you see him in a Viking helmet and Viking leather swinging a war hammer. And it all kind of comes to a climax when the kill squad kind of corners Santa in an outbuilding on the property. And Santa's talking to Trudy through the uh, walkie talkies. And Trudy says, you know, Santa, if you could wish for anything, what would you wish for? And Santa's really thinking about family at this moment. And he's thinking about regrets. And he goes, I wish I could see my wife, Mrs. Claus, again. And he's looking at his wedding band and he drops it. And it rolls across the floor and he starts cursing as he's trying to scramble across the floor to grab it. And you think this is the moment Santa's done. I mean, he's beaten up, he's been stabbed, he's been shot. And Santa, instead, as he grabs his ring, looks up and what's in front of him? a sledgehammer, a long-handled sledgehammer. And he reminds himself of his Viking days when he wielded the mighty warhammer Skull Crusher, where in the movie he says, I crushed three skulls with one swing. Santa Claus. As, as he's sharing with the little girl. With the little girl. With the little girl. Yeah, it was pretty good. Pretty good. And then Santa takes out the entire kill squad, takes them all out. I mean, he goes, he goes totally, totally uh, diehard on him at that moment. There it is. It all kind of unfolds. Now, this movie continues to move down this track. And what we're seeing is everybody regretful because of how far they have fallen. Santa Claus is regretful for, for kind of wishing he wouldn't be Santa Claus anymore. The little girl... She wants to be, she wants her mom and dad back together, wants them reconciled. The son, he just wants to be done with his mom. 
done with the the greed and the, the the manipulation and all of that going on. He wants restoration. I think that's the key word that kept coming up in my mind as I watched Violent Night. The only ones who don't want restoration are the bad guys. Nice. And you know, with the Christmas magic, with with Santa Claus, with the the family trying to figure out reconciliation, it all kind of leads up to the very end of this movie, which is, I think, hilarious, where they, they have the $300 million, they're on snowmobiles, and Santa goes after them on a good old-fashioned, you know, um, a saucer kind of sled, you know, takes out a bad guy, takes on, gets on his snowmobile tracks down Scrooge. It's Scrooge versus Santa Claus. Scrooge is winning the day. They're outside up against one of these outdoor fire, you know, uh, fireplaces with a chimney. And Santa Claus, whose, whose hand is knifed to the wall, pulls his hand free and he, he, he embraces Scrooge. And then all of a sudden the Christmas magic happens and they go flying up the chimney. And when Santa Claus emerges at the top of the chimney, he's holding a headless torso because Scrooge doesn't embrace, he doesn't get in through the magic. He just goes up in full form. Arms are missing, head is missing, and Scrooge is defeated. And just when you think it's all over, there's one more bad guy, just like Die Hard. One more bad guy. Remember when he said, why can't you just die? That was the moment. This is a Die Hard moment. And the bad guy shoots Santa. And then Beverly D'Angelo's character, Gertrude, shoots the bad guy. And Santa's lying there dying. Santa's going to die. It's so sad. And the little girls, don't die, Santa. Trudy's like, don't die, Santa. Everybody's all sad. And Santa dies. He's dead. He's dead. And that's when the little, little girl says, I believe. She goes, I believe in Santa. I, I believe in Santa. And then the father, you know, I, I believe in Santa too. And then... The, the the wife, Linda, she says, I believe in Santa. And then finally, Alva and Bert, they believe in Santa. And it all leads to Gertrude going, yeah, I believe in Santa too. And Christmas magic, Santa Claus comes back to life. And, and I love it. Jason goes, oh, we owe you one for all of this, Santa. And Santa goes, eh, you brought me back to life. I think we're good. Yeah, it was great. So I share all of this because I think there is a biblical crossover in this movie. And sometimes our our liturgical calendar lines up so perfectly. And this upcoming Sunday, uh, which will be December the, what is it going to be? The 3rd, um, yeah, December 3rd, the appointed Psalm is Psalm 80. And Psalm 80 has a recurring uh, or echoing refrain. This is what it has. It's verses in the psalm. It's verses three, seven, and nineteen. It's the same words each time. Restore us, O God. Let your face shine, that we may be saved. Restore us, O God. Let your face shine, that we may be saved. And okay, this movie is over the top. This is a guy's movie. I, I, you know, I, I was telling my administrator, Lee, here about it. And Lee goes, I don't think that's one I want to see. But I think my boys would enjoy that. <laughs> and it's like Die Hard. It, it, it truly is. It's yeah. got that action that it's so over the top. It's not nothing about this is believable. 
But what is believable is this notion of a family that needs restoration. What is believable is a, a husband who is is sad that he hasn't spent enough time with his wife, a la Santa and Mrs. Claus. What is believable is that there are bad people in the world who want to do bad things. What is believable is a husband who wants to reconcile with his wife because he loves his family, that, that being Jason and Linda and their daughter, Trudy. All that, I think, is incredibly believable. And I do believe that people desire restoration. I do believe people desire to be made whole as family, as friends, as community. And, and it's no wonder that on the first Sunday in the Advent cycle, that Psalm 80, with this recurring theme of restore us, O God of hosts, restore us, the desire of restoration really and truly is a hallmark of the Christmas season, that in Jesus Christ, we are restored to God the Father. That's where it all kind of leads to, you know? And uh, as hokey and as crazy as this movie was, as enjoyable as it was, and I will say, my wife, she kept looking up and going, you're you're demented. I can't believe you're enjoying this, you know? And it's like, <laughs> this movie is brilliant. I love this movie. This is my new holiday classic right here. I've got to watch this one again. Your thoughts about this, Michael? Yeah, I uh, I was not. I knew it was called Violent Night. I knew it was going to happen. You know, it was it was just one of those where um, I I actually enjoyed it. I was into the movie. I was into what the family was dealing with. Um, you know, certainly you have characters you like and dislike, and, uh, it was a good movie. I really enjoyed it. It kept me, I mean, I was watching while I was traveling and I was exhausted. I still watched the whole thing. It was wonderful. Yeah. You were entertained at the end of the day, this movie entertained you and it did give you some heartfelt moments where you could say, I could see some crossover here. It's not a terrible thing. That's actually a, a pretty, pretty cool thing that this movie brings to bear, brings to light. That, uh, you know, we just have to say every so often you get to watch a movie like this and you go, all right, this is absolutely nuts. But, man, it was a lot of fun. And if you're looking for a little bit of crazy action, not your normal Christmas movie, we've got the one for you, Violent Night, which I think leads to the question of the day, which is as you're as you're preparing uh, your house, your home, your family for uh, what comes to us by way of Christmas, what where do you need restoration? Is it with a family member? Uh, is it with a coworker? Uh, is it with yourself? Do you need restoration with yourself? And alas, do you need restoration with God? Is it time to turn yourself back to the manger, turn yourself back to God, um, mm -hmm. and see the good things that God has for you that comes to us by way of his son, Jesus? I think that's a great place to leave us this week it's, with Violent Night. I think it's a great way to start Advent. Yeah, I do too. I'm all in. So having said that, don't forget to leave a rating, a review, and uh, share our little podcast with other people so they can engage the movie conversation through the lenses of faith and culture with us. And 
a great Christmas present. Don't forget the book, Christ, Culture, and Cinema, How Faith and Film Intersect. You can get that at Amazon or at Concordia Publishing House. Those are two places where you can pick that little book up. And by the way, I have an article coming out. I should say this here um, through a, a journal, the Lutheran Mission Matters Journal uh, asked me to write an article for them. I've written an article that'll be coming out, uh, I believe, sometime in the new year, something to look forward to. Now, next week, we're going to turn our attention uh, to another Christmas movie. I know this is one, Michael, that you have seen. Uh, and in that movie, uh, we're going to take a look at Love Actually. Until next time, we will see you at the movies. Thank you for joining us for Christ, Culture, and Cinema with the doctor, Jeffrey Skopak, and his assistant, Michael Pop. Until next time, we'll see you at the movies. <laughs>